This week, Naomi Adele Smith and Johnny Unicorn are here to talk about the Terminator franchise. Let's get into it. joining us. I'm sorry I missed last week. As you know, my health has been very up and down recently, and I had a very bad Lyme disease week, and it prevented me from finishing this episode. But we're here, and it's ready to go, and I'm very excited about that. Lyme disease cannot stop the sci-fi from coming. Today's episode is going to be awesome. I had an amazing discussion with John and Naomi about the Terminator franchise in preparation for the trial of Terminator Genesis coming up very soon on Sci-Fi on Trial. But before we get to that, I had a massive nerdgasm this week. I actually rolled tears during a trailer for a movie. So let me play you a little bit of this trailer and talk about it before we move on to Terminator. The world is changing. Soon there will only be the conqueror and the conquerors. You are a good man. Step into the spotlight with a good heart. And it's hard for a good man to be a king. First of all, that music is fucking awesome. The The music that plays over the Black Panther title right at the end is incredible. It's like the perfect choice of what music needed to go there. So Black Panther, the trailer dropped like a bomb this week and the internet exploded with excitement because this movie looks awesome. Uh, I'm really unfamiliar with the Black Panther character. My introduction to him was actually in the Captain America movie, the Civil War. So uh, I had no real attachment to the character. I, I'm not really seeped in the Marvel lore as far as the comics are concerned. I just really, really like the movies. Like I, I love comic books, but I really got into them as a as an adult reading like Vertigo stuff. So I missed a lot of the basic superhero comics when I was a kid. It just wasn't my thing. I was just too into Star Trek. So, uh, so yeah, I've really gotten into the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's getting to know all of these characters, these classic Marvel characters that I just don't have much experience with. Uh, all I know about Black Panther is that he was the first mainstream black superhero. Uh, so it's kind of a big deal to have a movie, a solo movie for a mainstream black superhero. That's never happened. I mean, we've had movies like Blade, we've had anti-heroes, uh, but, you know, nothing on this scale. We've seen a bunch of black superheroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but none of them have ever been the center of a movie. It's always been uh, a white man at the center of all of these movies. So just to, just to have a black man at the center of one of these movies is is exciting to me. But beyond that, the movie is like written and directed by people of color, and the trailer is just incredible. I mean, it's the most it's the most representational trailer of people other than white people that I've ever seen for a big budget 
like movie like this, uh, especially for a superhero movie. And it's amazing. Wonder Woman just came out and people are really celebrating the fact that we have this uh, this true representation of a female superhero for really for the first time because it was, you know, directed by a female and it is a female point of view. I'm saying all of this having not seen the movie because I was planning to go last week and did not make it. But then to see that Marvel is making this black superhero movie, just it brought me to tears. I was just thrilled. Uh, Tears of joy to see honest representation for anyone other than white people. And this sounds very strange because I am white, but I am. I really I really feel passionately about representation. And it's not for any particular group. It's that as a species, we need to represent ourselves. You know what I mean? And everyone needs to have a chance to represent themselves. That's why I like shows like Orange is the New Black, which I've been watching the new season, because there's just representation of a whole bunch of things you've never seen before on TV. And then watching the Black Panther trailer, the moment that really set me off was when I noticed that I'd never seen this before. And that made me kind of so sad, but at the same time, elated that it was happening. You know, I mean, there's no use in getting angry that we haven't had uh, a movie with a with this type of a budget with an all black cast like this before and a black director. I mean, it's it's disgusting that that's never happened. But let's just look forward. Let's just say, hey, it's happening now. It's amazing. Uh, I can't wait to see this movie. Yeah, man. It's an exciting time to be alive. Even though there's a lot of negative racist shit happening, we're making some huge strides in positive directions. And I, it's so interesting that the like mainstream pop culture media is the place where the strides forward are happening. It just makes me proud to be such a fan of of mainstream pop culture. You know, I love science fiction. I talk about mainstream science fiction more than anything else on this show. Like Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, Terminator. You know, these are very mainstream things. It's just that I'm a fan of them because they show social progression and they show uh, either cautionary tales about what could go wrong in society like the Terminator or uh, you know, optimistic visions of the future in Star Trek or even like a, a, a spirituality of Star Wars that is just so positive and wonderful. So I love positive representation of everything, uh, including like all different people from all over the planet. And right now, superhero movies are knocking it out of the park as far as representing things that are underrepresented. So thank you, Marvel. Thank you, DC, for doing that. It's super fucking cool. And I am pumped for Black Panther. Okay, let's get into our discussion of Terminator with John and Naomi. We'll tell you all about what we're doing in preparation for sci-fi on trial. I think you're going to love this episode. I feel like I should say, listen to this if you want to live, but that just sounds so weird. Uh, Yeah, so I'll skip that. Uh, And we'll just... (laughs) I'll be back. I don't know. I got nothing. Let's just listen. Here we go. Well, we should probably reintroduce both of you because it's been so long since either of you were on the show. Mm. Okay. So I'm here with uh, Naomi Adele Smith. Hello. How's it going, world? And Johnny Unicorn. Hi there. Tell us an interesting factoid about yourself. All three of my names have five letters in them. Fascinating. Yeah, I thought so. And John? Uh, uh, something that I, I, already, I talk about myself all the time <laughs> in my life, so I don't know what facts uh, to give that I haven't already, like dirt, dirty, dirty secrets. Is that what yeah. you want? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you steal a guitar once? Really? No, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's okay. I once accidentally stole a calendar from a house party. Not really accidentally. Really? 
Yeah. Out of spite? No, out of wanting that calendar. Oh. Yeah. Whose was it? I don't. You don't no. want to say? I know. I don't remember. It was like a random house party in it's college. It's like Michael True. And he's like, I've been looking for that calendar for years. <laughs> he's going to come after you now. My guinea pig calendar. <laughs> yeah. Trying well, to, I'm trying to think. We've sent I, John I into yeah, no. reboot mode and he can't. I know. <laughs> he can only process. Well, uh, tell, tell us about yourselves a little bit. Uh, so I work at a room escape game called Puzzle Break. Best in the country. And I also uh, sing with the Seattle Jewish Chorale, best in the country. <laughs> um, and that's like pretty much everything about me that's important right now. Yeah. Oh, I have a cool haircut. You do have a cool haircut. And uh, I am a, a musician also. And I record a bunch of music all the time. Yeah. Mm. That's what I'm doing. And you have a podcast. I have a podcast, The Johnny Unicorn Show. Uh, with I, Johnny Unicorn. <laughs> I have two bands, Johnny Unicorn and Zors Najor. Uh, Zors Najor in 2016 released 17 and a half hours of music. Wow. Uh, and I'm hoping to release more this year. And uh, yeah, and I play with these two people uh, occasionally. Mm. That's true. Yes. Musically. Yep. Musically, yeah. <laughs> musically speaking, of we, we just have to catch every once in a while. <laughs> uh, and then both of you have been on Sci-Fi on Trial several times. Mm. It's interesting. You both came on this show and then I've only had you on Sci-Fi on Trial since then. It wasn't, yeah. wasn't on purpose. I took a lot of heat for my opinion about Guardians of the Galaxy. Did you? Yeah. From, afterwards. From who? People who'd listened to the podcast. They oh. were like, you're- Dude, and, name names. And uh, li- watched you, the you tweets. There was like, oh, according to the tweet voting, your opinion was wrong. And I was like, since when did mass agreeing uh, indicate anything about objective right or wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the whole point of the show is that like, there is no right or wrong. You know, exactly. it's like just opinions. Yes, yeah. it's just opinions. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's a bummer. No, it was cool. It was. I was like, oh, you listened. I, I heard recently that someone did not listen to my podcast because they couldn't well, they started the lost in space episode was the first one they tried and they couldn't get on board with the idea that it was a good movie and just turned it <laughs> off <laughs> wow yeah it's interesting yeah it's interesting opinions really do make up a human don't they i guess uh, even and if I, that human has a robot and nanobots inside <laughs> of them yeah totally Speaking of, we're here to talk about Terminator franchise. So we are doing the trial of Terminator Genesis on sci and Trial. So this is sort of a crossover episode where the three of us decided to watch all four of the preceding Terminator movies before Terminator Genesis to get ready for the trial and then do a podcast about the Terminator franchise in general, which was a great idea. Mm. And now it's happening and Yay. I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty fantastic. I had never really watched the Terminator movies before this. H- had uh, you seen any of them before? I'd seen three and like That's parts so of one and two. Yeah. Not in order. I couldn't follow the weird time jumping plot line that well. Yeah. Watching them out of order. So totally. What about you, John? Uh, I've, I've never seen a Terminator was never really like, I never thought it was that cool when I was a kid. <laughs> like I've it's one of those movies I've only seen like a couple of times and rather than like hundreds of times. Right. Like the movies. Like Predator. Like Predator. Yeah. Predator. I was going to say John's more of a Predator fan. Predator, Robocop. Yeah. Uh, Terminator was way down on the list. That's but... so funny because like Terminator, Predator, and Robocop are like things that I chunk together as similar types of movies, mm. you know? Well, see, I uh, I saw Terminator 2 
1991 when I went to uh, L.A. to visit my uncle. Uh-huh. And uh, I fell asleep in the theater. Wow. <laughs> I was like, not into it. And at the, and I, I had seen Terminator 1 like once at that point. I was like 11. And um, that movie I thought was kind of boring. Uh, so that... But, you weren't old enough to appreciate so, all the cool machine imagery. But what do you think about know. it now? Like now that we've rewatched all four, how do you feel about They're them? They're highly entertaining. Yeah. I I understand why people like them. And uh and I like them. And I li- I kind of liked them back then, but it wasn't really like they were just kind of in the background. They were I I knew about them. Yeah. Uh but yeah, Terminator 2 is super entertaining. Do you think the progression of actual human technology has changed the way that you think about the movies now that you've seen them, that our technology is different? Well, so as an adult watching these movies, I feel like there's, there's a, I feel like it's for Luddites. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't know what you mean. Like these, these movies are very, very simplistic in their anti-machine rhetoric. Okay. Are they though? Because they, they always provide a machine that's on the good side in some way. Yeah, uh, I guess in all the movies except for the first one. A machine that has the ability to like make human choices. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Uh, it, but uh, yeah, it's like everyone's like really hating hating on machines, and then mm-hmm. at some point in the movie, they have to be like, "Oh, it's a slightly more complex than that." <laughs> um, yeah. I love these movies. I So I wasn't allowed to watch super violent stuff when I was a kid. So this was something I didn't get to until I was, I, I think I was in my early 20s when I got into Terminator. But I watched, uh, I watched all the movies. I watched Sarah Connor Chronicles and I got really into it for a while. Um, I love all of it. Like I, I'm such a sucker for these weird convoluted time travel loop stories. Um, I feel like the first two are just, like works of art, you know, mm-hmm. and in completely different ways, which is really interesting, but they fit together so well. They're just so tonally unique. Uh, like James Cameron really paints a picture in those first two movies. And then the third and fourth movie I like for completely different reasons, just because they're kind of like interesting bee science fiiction, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, science fiction about bees. No, <laughs> uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoy them. I love Sarah Connor Chronicles. It was like kind of a inconsistent TV show, but it encapsulated the whole action adventure like mm-hmm. like cyber war stuff that I like about the third and fourth movies. Yeah. I even liked Terminator Genesis. I only saw it once. Um, but for me, the first two Terminator movies are kind of in a, a different class than everything else, including the TV show. They're a little literary. Yeah, they are kind. Of, they feel like they feel important somehow. Or at least, if maybe this is my like you know honors English tenth grade class talking, but there's <laughs> so much interesting imagery in those first two movies. For it's sure, like all about like the one little machine yeah. failure that ends up causing a human to do something one way or another. Like someone's watch fails, or that huh. chick that's listening to her headphones so much yeah. that she oh, doesn't yeah. hear the robot coming in. Totally. Yeah, they do that all the time in those movies. The first two movies are like full of that stuff, yeah, and I yeah. loved just like you know, kind of explicating it as we watch, just like, oh, there's another machine imagery thing. Cool. And, you know. Yeah, you were pointing that out. We we hung out 
four times to watch all four movies. Yes. Tonight yes. being the fourth time where we just watched Terminator Salvation. And it was really interesting to w- watch it with you two because uh, <laughs> I feel like the way that I take these movies in is so different from the two of you. Mm. Uh, and it's really cool to hear what you exclaim at. Like, yeah. Y- like tonight you both started laughing at something and I did not know what you were laughing at. It was like... Did the- you ever find out? No. It was- <laughs> Do you know what it was? No. It was gosh. like the way like someone looked at someone else and I... I- <laughs> You both found like really funny, and I thought that was great. Um, well, let's yeah, talk. Let's talk about them in order. Let's talk about the first movie. Yeah, I love yeah. it. How could that man just get up after you? It's not a man, machine. Terminator. Underneath, it's a hyperalloy combat chassis, microprocessor controlled, fully armored, very tough. But outside, it's living human tissue. They cannot make things like that yet. Not yet. Not for about forty years. Are you saying it's from the future? They came to fight for the one woman who could save their future. And this uh, computer thinks it can win by uh, killing the mother of its enemy. One came to protect her. I came across time for you, Sarah. The other to kill her. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. So the first movie, Kyle Reese and a Terminator both come back in time, Kyle to try to to save Sarah Sarah Connor Connor, and the Terminator to try to kill her to prevent her from giving birth to John Connor, Mm -hmm. who will someday lead the resistance against, against the machines. Right. And then she and Kyle fall in love. And they do it under a bridge or yeah. wherever they were in a car. I don't know. I, I don't think remember. they were in a, a house like that. They yeah, that's yeah. the into. least likely. They were in a, house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. a mansion, apartment, house, shack. They were in a hot air balloon as far as I remember. <laughs> that would be a very different movie. Sarah Connor and Kyle Reese floating mm-hmm. off into a hot air balloon to escape it all. Oh. What I, I love about the first movie is, is the simplicity of it. Yeah. It's just one one robot trying to kill one person. Yes. <laughs> Except and he kills all the Sarah Connors. Yeah, going does. through the phone book. <laughs> oh, man. So what do, you th- okay, what do you think of Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator? Yeah, brilliant. He's, I love him. He's, he's great. He's yeah. great in everything. I, I don't care if he's Mr. Freeze <laughs> or I, I love watching him act. I feel like, uh, like he's a very particular actor who's perfect for a couple of things and wrong for everything else. But he is sure. perfect yeah. as the Terminator. Yeah. He's just so perfect. I think he's perfect as Terminator, kindergarten cop, <laughs> um, Dutch from, from Predator. Predator. What's his character's dude name? Dude from in... Jingle All the Way. <laughs> I haven't even, I've not seen that. But I, I, my fi- well, I, I think maybe my either. favorite Schwarzenegger is Total Recall. Like Total Recall is just awesome. Yeah, that's I great. I haven't seen it. I'll see you at the party, Richter. That's my favorite one-liner because it's like so specific to that movie, you know? Yeah. For me, watching Arnold Schwarzenegger as an adult, I never watched very many action movies when I was a kid. So my only like real thoughts are thinking about him being a governor in our country. I'm like, oh, Mm. interesting. Well, I lived in California when he was voted governor and it was (laughs) terrifying. That's why I... That's why, like, we should have known. I used to have discussions with people about how, you know, they thought Trump was just like 
not I mean I didn't think Trump was really gonna win but I did feel like he was a real threat you know mm-hmm. yeah and that that type of thing like a, a entertainer running for office is actually something yeah. to be taken seriously because like everyone voted for Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. in California and he destroyed the budget of California entertainers have charisma hmm. yeah totally yeah so I don't know that shit scary. I the rock just announced that he wants to run for president and I'm like fuck that guy <laughs> like he might I mean sure he's better than Trump but we need to have Does politicians have even a passing familiarity with like constitutional law <laughs> Well, I feel like his experiences <laughs> in the movie San Andreas prepared him for any situation. That and Baywatch. Would, anyway, we're getting would, sidetracked here. I would vote for The Rock. That's right. that's the problem. I can smell what The Rock is cooking. <laughs> and he's uh, cooking up some great political, uh, you know. Stew. <laughs> I, lost so, I lost it. Uh, so Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Terminator is amazing. Yeah. What about, uh, what's his name is Kyle Reese? Michael Bean. In the first movie? Yeah. Sure, why not? I yeah, I yeah. like didn't have any problem with him. I don't have any opinions about Kyle Reese. He's every really time, t- intense. Every Kyle Reese, the the five thousand people who have played Kyle Reese have been uh, big eyed. Fine, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like Michael Bean a lot. He's my favorite of. Well, actually, I really like Anton Yelchin as Kyle Reese, but I think Michael yeah. Bean is like iconic in that part. He's got. He's got sort of crazy eyes. Yeah, crazy eyes. Like, Big crazy he's eyes. He's seen some shit yeah. in the future, and you kind of just believe it. But he's also so 80s. He's got yeah. this insane mullet sort of thing going on. <laughs> and he's meeting the person that he's had in his pocket for, you know, a yeah. long time. So Totally. I actually really like the love story of this movie where... Kyle Reese has been in love with Sarah Connor his whole life. And she's kind of the thing. Well, not his whole life, but for as long as he's had this picture in his pocket. Yeah. She's been the thing that kind of got him through the war with the machines in the future. And he's just so focused on her. Do you think that, do you think that John, because in the future, John knows that Kyle's his father. Do you think that he manipulated Kyle by giving him that photo to fall in love with his mom? Yeah. It's such a, it's such an interesting story because time travel man like the the terminator coming back in the first movie changes the timeline so then things don't happen like they were supposed to and yet john connor still ends up becoming a leader in the resistance but in a different way like judgment day gets pushed back but still happens it's a really interesting uh world and franchise in which everything that's that they try to prevent ends up happening anyway, but for a different reason. And the timeline keeps getting skewed in all these different tangents further and further away from what originally happened. It's very confusing. It's so confusing. Do do these movies have separate timelines? Are are we to believe that, (laughs) that they've changed the single timeline and that now all the future people are changed or, or are all these futures still to be what it actually was. So my theory is that the timeline that we see in the movies is only particular to the Sarah Connor and John Connor of the movies. I feel like uh, the timeline that they're told about when Kyle Reese first comes back either ceases to exist or becomes an alternate reality. Like maybe it branches off into quantum realities whenever someone comes back in time. Because if you come back in time and change the future... Uh, the the two possibilities are either like back to the future possibility where they wiped out that future and it no longer exists or quantum realities where all futures exist and everything that's possible will happen because it's it's pretty clear in the movies that it's it does not use the lost model of everything that happened happened right or the Harry Potter three right totally yeah where uh, everything that you're seeing is a result of 
time travel and it's always yeah. stuck in the timeline. That does not seem to be the case in these movies at all. But it's, so it I, seems weird that the machines would uh, go out of their way to they they want to change the past, and uh, but if they were to change the past, they wouldn't even know about it. So what's the whole? That's a really good point. Like if you change if you change the past, uh, I think that their plan was that killing killing Sarah Connor would not be a big enough deal to affect the outcome of Skynet still being turned on and. Uh, Skynet still becoming self-aware. I feel like they felt like that was an inevitability, but John Connor was just this thorn in their side. So if they could go back to a time before and get rid of that one thing, then they'd be able to dominate the planet unopposed. All right. So the other thing I don't understand is then why in Terminator 2 did they go back uh, to kill John Connor uh, as a teenager, why didn't they just go back again to 1984 and try and try the other thing again? Yeah, that's a great question. That's something that I've wondered also. That <laughs> Maybe I they were scared of Sarah Connor. Maybe. Well, let's talk about Sarah Connor because she's. All right. I think Sarah Connor is one of the coolest characters in like modern sci-fi blockbusters. I love how she ends up hooking up with all these like. Uh, Central American revolutionaries <laughs> yeah. in oh, yeah, order was, to learn how cool. to, you know, fight and yeah. hide. It's awesome. It's uh, the difference between her and the first and second movie is pretty incredible. Uh, and it's the, I mean, the first and yeah. second movies feel consistent. I feel like because you get the same actors mm-hmm. back, you get Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, and you get, uh, I'm forgetting her name. What's her name? Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. Thank you. Uh, and they actually filmed some stuff with Michael Bean for. The second one that got cut out of like dreams that what that she was having that Sarah John's was having. Sad now. I know, right? Um, That's one one thing I really don't like about this franchise is the inconsistency with the actors. Yeah, it gets really bad in three through five. The yeah. inconsistency is pretty terrible. <laughs> but I feel like Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor is another one of those like perfect casting moments mm-hmm. because yeah. her growth of being this sort of like carefree waitress into being. This badass warrior woman is pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. it's pretty compelling. Yeah. I mean, it's believable, too, because she already seems very practical and quick thinking, you know, as yeah. a waitress yeah. and when that, you meet her. And that first movie gives like a really nice build up uh, to build her character because mm-hmm. uh, she's being stalked the whole time. And, and it's and it's kind of slow. And by the end of it, you're like, OK, she's going to Mexico or, or wherever and she's going to be a fighter for the rest of her life yeah totally and i think it's it's an interesting uh it's an interesting message to say that you know your son is going to be the savior of humanity but like i don't know there was this moment when i when we watched the first one where i was thinking man it kind of devalues her because it's not her that matters it's her son but then kyle kyle reese specifically says in that movie when she says something along those lines he says like no you are like you taught him everything. Like you're the reason that we have a fighting chance. I mean, she is the she is the hero in that right, story because she trained him by being a mother. You know, by yeah. being a good mother, she becomes the hero. And that's a that's a storyline mm-hmm. that I think is really unique. I mean, as far as these types of movies go, I, you don't really see that too often. Where being a mother is the heroic action, and I think that that was really fucking cool. I think that was pretty forward thinking for when this was made. <laughs> yeah, it is forward thinking for when it was made. As like someone who is has no interest in ever having kids, it's just to me it's another one of those like, oh sure, you can like be good for humanity, but it still involves procreation. So Yeah. Yeah. I see I totally see your point. But it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood does have a problem where 
like women aren't characters in their own right unless it's like through unless through giving birth or like yeah. through being sexy or something to do with or both to, to do with at once. you know vaginas in one way or the other <laughs> yeah or both <laughs> or maybe both yeah but I, but i yeah. think that this movie like she's such a strong character yeah she's uh, awesome yeah and i mean it's definitely very 80s you know yeah. it's a very 80s movie but she stands out so much to me as being so like strong yeah and it's not that she didn't also save the world like multiple times right and i you know i i think i think the idea of like being a mother like shape like shaping a person into becoming something great i think that's i mean that's like that's the ultimate in building a robot (laughs) Uh, yeah it's like so fundamental to like the human experience you know like Mm -hmm. Creation. Every, everyone who's been raised by a mother is shaped by that. Mm. Very, happy, very intensely. Happy one day after Mother's Day, everybody. Yeah. Oh, this Yay. will come out in like a month. So happy <laughs> a month and a day after Mother's Day. Uh, and I, you know, I feel like being a mother is taken for granted so much. So just seeing it kind of, uh, it's I sort of, I, I feel like I'm talking about it out of my ass here, but like sort of celebrated in this movie. And yeah. I, re- I really... I really reacted well to that on the rewatch that we just did because I've become very much more aware of these sorts of issues uh, than I was like 10 years ago when I watched these all for the first time. Mm-hmm. So as I've done the podcast and I'm going back and rewatching a lot of my favorite sci-fi things to talk about them, I'm seeing it through the lens of knowing that other people are going to hear what I say about it. And, uh, and it makes me a little bit more aware of whether or not I agree with the social implications of the movie. And most of the time, what I disagree with is the way that women are treated, you know, mm. uh, well, well, women and, and, and minorities. minorities, the yeah. way that they're treated in, in movies is starting to turn now to become more, more representational, but was pretty awful for a really long time. And it's, I just grew up not noticing it because it wasn't pointed out to me. Yeah. And I feel like I've, I'm harping on it a lot recently on the podcast, it's- but it's good. Everyone's I can't having, help myself. Everyone is having the conversation more, and that's important. Yeah, I think it, so too. It should yeah. be just part all, of the conversation. We're all yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Terminator One, <laughs> very good movie. <laughs> Same make. These were taken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. I don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down! ...is to protect it. Come with me if you want to live. You're really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy... He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. ...is the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. Trust me. Let's talk about Terminator 2. Mm. Loved it. That's the most, that's like the most entertaining. You think so? Of all. That was, that was Jeff's favorite. Uh, Yeah. Because it's got, because it's got comedy. It's got action. It's got a little bit of horror. 
It's like same song, second verse, a little bit louder and a little bit worse. Yeah. <laughs> for the franchise. It's a little like, more. Yeah. When he finds his clothes again, it's like a nod to the last time oh he my found God. his clothes. I love I, the way that yeah. they the way that they dress people in these movies <laughs> is incredible. Yeah. It's always yeah. by accident, and yeah. they always like. Uh, it, the the whole trope of the Terminator being naked and having to find someone of his size <laughs> to put their clothes on yeah. is awesome. And I like the way they did it in Terminator 3 where he goes into a nightclub and he sees some dude dancing and takes his leather. <laughs> it's so funny. And then also Kyle Reese just running through that store uh, and picking out shit to wear. And yeah. then he looks like this 80s hipster. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they did it again in Terminator Salvation when uh, mm. Sam Worthington finds the the coat to wear on that other guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. That long coat. Yeah. yeah. And then like things seem like accidents like her bandana. But then that's really iconic in the picture. Mm. She's yeah. just like casually putting on the bandana. Totally. Yeah. So how did you feel about the transition from Terminator 1 to Terminator 2? The transition? Yeah, as far as like, th- as films, uh, because I think a big problem in this franchise is that going from one film to the other oftentimes feels like completely different franchises. Uh, yeah, it felt the same. Yeah. I, yeah. I, there was a decent amount of machine imagery in Terminator 2. Yeah. I yeah. think James Cameron's hand really yeah. is responsible for that. It, yeah. felt, it, felt like a, it felt like a continuation, but it also felt like it had a much bigger budget. And Level it was, up. And it was, totally. a little, it was a lot more Hollywood. And you know it's a, it's the sequel that uh, it, uh, doubles down and everything. Yeah, and I really liked how it built up the fact that uh, John Connor is really good with machines. Yeah, I thought that was cool you know too. sometimes you see superhero or like you know action movies or someone's really good at something and it's kind of unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's kind of like Anakin Skywalker in that way. Well, yeah. his mom taught him everything. Yeah. he knows. Yeah. So yeah, I mean he's like been brought up told that he was gonna have to fight these machines and then his mom gets carted mm-hmm. off and locked away yeah and then he's left there questioning whether his, whether everything he was raised to believe is true or if his mom is crazy yeah and that's that's a really interesting place to meet a kid yeah as a yeah. character he's a real troublemaker too yeah he's hanging out with that guy from, uh, from salute your shorts from are you afraid of the dark <laughs> yeah <sighs> Campana wanna we'll that hold guy. you in our hearts. <laughs> and when I think about you, it, it makes, makes me want to fart. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I didn't, Fuck wa- yeah. I didn't watch that show that often. Uh, that kid <laughs> is Nickelodeon. That red-headed kid. Um, well, yeah. Red-haired kids on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Yeah. And what's his name that plays uh, John Connor in Terminator Two? Uh, Eddie Fisher. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Furlong. Eddie Furlong. Who's yeah. Eddie Fisher? Eddie Furlong. I think he gives one of the most convincing child performances that i can think of yeah he's nice and sullen he's he's yeah. a little he's very antsy he can <laughs> he listens to lots of radiohead i think yeah i feel like he overacts a little bit you think so oh i think he's but so good like adolescent I angst I, I think he's just like great. everything is everything is that dramatic when you're 14 okay sure unless right. you're john i guess and no it's definitely his chemistry <laughs> with arnold schwarzenegger is is hot <laughs> I don't mean like I don't mean like sexually. I mean like I think I said that poorly. It's, it's uh, not cold. It's uh, what am I trying to say? They've got great Sizzlin? chemistry. They have great on-screen chemistry. Sizzlin, thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's like gr- amazing yeah. comedy between the two of them. Yeah. You don't say affirmative or some shit like that. You say no problemo. And if someone comes off to you with an attitude, you say eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's. Hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, 
baby. Yeah, the first Terminator is the T the T eight hundred, and then there's the T one thousand. Oh, fucking Robert Patrick is so awesome in that movie. Oh, he's <laughs> so good. He's the lifeblood of that movie. He's so good in that movie. He's he's frightening. He yeah. scares the crap out of me. I mean, yeah. Terminator. The first time I saw Terminator two, I was like utterly transported. It was one of the most enjoyable movie watching experiences I've ever had. I watched that movie once and immediately put it into my favorite movies list because I was just so blown away by it. It's like the perfect action movie, you know? And it's not... It's I would not, say perfect. Well, and I will say that watching it again... I still, I love it. I love it. I love it. But I, st- I wouldn't put it in my, in my list of favorite movies currently. But it was for quite a long time. I mean, when, when I watched it when I was eleven, uh, I felt like if it was, it bored me a little bit. But um, definitely now, I, watching it recently, it's like it hits everything right at the right spot. Yeah. I thought uh, the Sarah Connor character was like excellently grown in that movie. Like I agree. all the, all her little tricks that she had up her sleeve for escaping. Yeah, the totally. The facility in the mental hospital or whatever she's it was. She's like a, a legit warrior at yeah. this point. She's fighting a war that no one else is fighting. And it's she's, and she's like holding her own. Totally. Yeah. And she's just ready for anything. And I don't know. I mean, just watching her be locked up in a mental institution. No one believes her. It's so frustrating. So frustrating. Yeah. yeah. It's like all of Game of Thrones. <laughs> totally. It's very similar. Yeah. It's a similar feeling to especially like seasons one through four or five of Game of Thrones. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I I book I'm a book person. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've I've done both. <laughs> um I like Game of I've Thrones. Done Game, books. Game of Thrones is not it's not among my list of favorite things. I like it just fine, but hmm. um anyway, doesn't just getting yes, off topic. Yes. Uh yeah, so I thought it was a really interesting choice to have Robert Patrick be so like kind of tiny compared to Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. as the Terminator. And he still seems maybe even more deadly. Like, he's streamlined. It's, it's yeah. the acting. It's the, his, his he's just, acting is deadly. He's just perfect. He's yeah. just, he, he, I don't know what the heck. I don't even know how to describe it, but he looks at you and you just, uh, it's chilling. Yeah. He's chilling. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie is the, the slow progression of, uh, the of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator into being kind of self-aware and developing a sort of friendship with John Connor, where by the end of the movie, I mean, you really feel like he cares for John Connor. Yeah. It's like maybe he starts to develop so some r- rudimentary emotions throughout yeah. his experiences. Because he has human flesh. I had a little bit of trouble buying that. Really? really? Yeah, just a little. I mean, I, it's okay. It's just like sometimes it's like where. But where does this come from? Well, didn't John Connor reprogram him in the future to send him back to protect him? And so wouldn't he have some like creator worship? Maybe. Maybe. But that's, but they show it as like a developing thing. Yeah. I feel like he's been. What's the thing that makes, makes, what, is there a moment where. I have a theory. I think that he's been controlled by Skynet his whole life as a robot. And then John Connor reprograms him and suddenly he's set free. Not only. Make his own choices. Yeah. Yeah. He's not being like constantly. It's like being disconnected from the Borg Collective and all yeah. of a sudden he's an individual. All of and a sudden you have seven of nine. Yeah, you've Two got huge children. Yeah. So he, I think he just starts to become a person just by being on his own oh. throughout the movie and having experiences where he makes friends. I agree. That's the total right interpretation. Cool. There is a right and a wrong theory. <laughs> you are right. Well, he is programmed to do a thing though, right? Which is to protect yeah. John Connor. But yeah. I guess if you're... But that's only like the very basic programming and then the rest of his like 
you know, personality is left alone. And then John Connor does, a th- as a young kid, does the thing where he tells him not to kill anybody ever. Yeah. And so now I think as a robot, he's thinking anytime someone gets killed, that's like, uh, that's going to pain him in some way. Hmm. So that's like empathy. Interesting. Right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Maybe like, that I'm yeah, going against yeah. my programming that's if, the if thing. I hurt somebody. That might be the yeah, thing. That maybe like maybe enough it, of that happening. Makes him self-aware. Yeah. Because he has to think that. I like that theory a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was always. Yeah. Because I think that's what makes us. I mean, it's it's like we know we're afraid of. Of killing someone. We get pain. We get yeah. like a pain from. The from reason I don't want to kill yeah. you too is because I can imagine the pain that that would cause you in my own. So I don't know if my theory uh, fits. I don't want to kill you two for a whole lot one. of reasons. <laughs> so now I'm scared. I just have the one. Yeah. Just one. Oh, it's God. It's very strong, though. It's, it's only not, one thing. It's not just a rational thing. You're not thinking. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's. I like that. That makes it all make sense. Hmm. Mm. We're talking about the movie, right? Yeah. The, okay. The empathy. <laughs> yeah. John's empathy no, I, theory I, about no I like killing. it a lot. I like yeah. it a lot. Uh, so going back and watching these again for the first time in a while for me, I was actually struck by how much I loved the first one, uh, kind of equally to the second one. As a kid, I liked the, the second one so much more. I still liked the first one, yeah. but as an adult, uh, I've developed more of an appreciation for action movies than I used to have. Yeah. Where uh, I used to, I used to get bored by action movies because I really like talking. I really like people working through things. I love talking. Yeah, it's just great. It's fun. Yeah. I like it. But the but. Something that I that I never really noticed about the first Terminator is that it's like a uh, it's almost like a silent movie for about twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. where there it's, it's just really visual cool. storytelling. Yeah, and I when we were watching that together, I was like, I, I remember screaming at the TV a couple times. I'm like, I'm like they tell you exactly what's going on just by showing like facial expressions and uh, it's I, really well done. It's, it's so like well done. It's like a play. Yeah, like a Shakespearean play. And to see that done. On, in a sci-fi movie at all is already something that like now with my modern modern with my current sensibilities <laughs> that really appealed to me yeah. and I felt like they did similar things in the second movie where uh, you really get a sense of what's happening more through short scenes with like really intense performances than you do from a lot of dialogue uh, and I think it's just very very effectively done and I think I, I, I was just kind of lost on me as a kid and now I can appreciate the actual art of cinema of filmmaking that's happening in, in both of those first two movies it's yeah. just like on such a high level yeah um, it's very well directed and then yeah, they, they kind of screw that up in the third one absolutely, <laughs> where, absolutely. where they just they tell you when you know the machines yeah. are coming to life oh we must escape them yeah. yeah they spell out everything for you in the third movie and in, in a way that's like borderline offensive to your intelligence yeah <laughs> but Movie's fun as hell. Like yeah, it's, I, yeah, it's, it's as enter- it. it's, it's as fun. entertaining as two. I think you think so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. But not as artistic. No, but maybe. it's not very artistic. But it's really fun and entertaining. There's a new Terminator. The TX. It is designed for extreme combat. It's faster, more intelligent, and more powerful. Oh my god! It has been programmed to destroy other cybernetic organisms. It was sent back through time for one purpose only. To kill us all. 
be back. That, that whole that whole sequence where they're doing the the ride in the fire truck and everything's the, destroying all the buildings. Yeah, that's so fun to watch. I the in Love Terminator it. Three when there's the car chase where the uh, the new Terminator the female Terminator like plugs into uh like the, oh, the, the cars to like be able to drive cars remotely yeah yeah that she's was in so like dumb. the giant car controller thing yeah like, like a giant truck I don't even remember yeah. what she did but cars don't have a mechanism inside of them for to turn the <laughs> wheel except for the human body I know. Yeah, so that, that made no sense yeah, that made yeah. no sense that's that's true yeah. Yeah, and there was but, you know uh, what are you gonna do? The third movie felt like it cared less about making sense than it did about showing fun action. Yeah, but I will say, I mean, they they busted up a lot of real cars in that movie. <laughs> yeah, there was also, a lot of stuff that wasn't CG that right. surprised me because yeah. I was just so used to seeing everything be CG. Now just seeing actual cars being yeah. destroyed. You're saying early two thousands. Good use of their budget. I I guess I don't know. Yeah. It, I, well, I, th- I think they were they they were trying to make a movie that looked like a James Cameron movie, right? I feel like, which they didn't try to do with Terminator Salvation, right? Uh, yeah, that's and and I so I think they were thinking better. about that, like we need practical effects. Yeah, well, I don't. I think that I could see. I agree with you. I think they were trying to make something look like a James Cameron movie, but I don't think they really succeeded. No, which is why I kind of appreciated <laughs> that that Salvation just d- tried to do something completely different. Yeah, Terminator yeah. Three didn't have nearly as much machine imagery yeah. as the first two movies. Well, I was true. really sad about that. It also yeah. did not have enough horror. Like the right. fir- the first movie was Suspense. was was like a horror movie, and the second movie had a little bit of that, and the uh, third one was like kind of a comedy. <laughs> for, yeah. for most of it until yeah. until the end I, I thought the end was really compelling yeah the end was good yeah i love that's so the end is kind of the saving grace of the movie for me the idea that uh they've postponed judgment day but it's still gonna happen is kind of the, the crux yeah. of the movie and then the whole plan is to stop judgment day again which is kind of yeah. frustrating from uh audience perspective it's like well we stopped judgment day already we got to do it again but then they <laughs> fail and judgment day happens and then you get to see john connor pick up the microphone and talk to people and, and take command of yeah. the human race that's left in that moment at the end when he's in the bunker underground. Over the and, radio, which he uses again in, in the next and, movie. Yeah, totally. Even yeah. though he's not technically in charge. Totally. Yeah. 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 Uh, and his voice being kind of the voice of the the resistance yeah. was really powerful, especially because he's been listening to these tapes of his mom, you know, and like mm. the whole the whole idea of, Oh, I didn't even think about that connection. Yeah, I, I yeah. like, there's so many story elements I like in three and four, even though the movies are not necessarily what I would have wanted or done. I still like really like a lot of what you get out of it. And I really like watching three. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. I think the female Terminator character is ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Like the movie starts out. <laughs> like, do they need to have that scene where she inflates her breast? That's exactly what I was <laughs> going to say. Yeah. It, it, that's like the first scene. And it's such a weird choice. Like she goes up one size or something. I, yeah. I don't Maybe know. that's how they got like one of their executive producers to donate a lot of money or something. I don't know. Like this money will it's, go entirely toward breast more inflation. Kids. Yeah. It's just silly. It's just like dumb and it doesn't fit the world. So you find out like pretty quickly that the movie's gonna not, the movie's not gonna fit with the first two as far yeah. as the world is concerned. Yeah. It's not as um, understated 
Yeah. Which is why I'm glad they had the bleak ending because I yeah, felt like that totally. kind of brought yeah. it back, brained it back in a little bit. Yeah, it was like the ending of the fifth in the Hitchhikers trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, my, favorite, my favorite ending. Yeah, well, I love that book. But uh, yeah. but I think uh, I think that uh, that idea that the um, the Judgment Day is always on the horizon, no matter what you do to stop it, that was set up in the first movie where they said he's gonna come, he's gonna keep coming after you. Yeah, he's he won't stop until yeah. you're dead. And yep. that's and they're saying to us, we're gonna keep making these movies, <laughs> and they're we not gonna stop. stop until you're dead, yeah. John. Yeah. <laughs> Terminator killed me financially. <laughs> I went to so many movies that I could not afford it. That's what it's going to be like. Oh my God. Uh, what did you think of Nick Stahl as John Connor? Was he in the third movie? The third movie. Yeah, he's the John in the third movie. Uh, he was fine. I thought the whole high school party aspect of it was really hilarious. With but Claire Danes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we made out once before. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't he remember that? I mean, no matter how like distracted you are by saving the world, don't you remember all of the makeout parties you've gone to? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe he's a kid, teenage, teenage boy. He probably smoked a lot of dope. Yeah, he was. Who knows? Even okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's John Connor. You remember how much of a, a screw up he was in the Terminator Two? Uh, yeah. yeah. I liked that the John Connor in Terminator Three seems like. Uh, I like that he's aimless. And he's kind of lost his sense of purpose. Yeah. Because his whole purpose as a kid, it had been drilled into him. You're going to fight these machines in the future. But then he stopped Judgment Day after Terminator 2 and then doesn't know what to do with himself. And he just kind of... And never got yeah. any praise for it or recognition. Yeah. yeah, he just keeps on living off the grid. Uh, I thought that his relationship with the Claire Danes character was really interesting. Yeah. Um, where they kind of have this weird, angry relationship until they find out that they're going to get married in the future. <laughs> And then they're like, well, they're like, okay. maybe you're all right. You know, yeah. uh, I thought that was really cool. I liked that Claire Danes was such a strong character. Mm-hmm. I, I really liked that it's kind of a staple of the franchise to have strong women involved. I liked the scene at the animal shelter. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. But I feel like it was undercut quite a bit by the female Terminator, who was totally pointless to the story, did not need to be there. Uh, could have been done in so many ways that would have been so much better. Also, it struck me as like, the first movie, Terminator, it's uh, deadly and it can't be stopped. Second movie, we got an even more unstoppable Terminator. <laughs> this one is liquid metal and it can turn into anything. All right, what what do we got next? What's for the third movie? A female Terminator. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. What's that? Like, it's... Wow, you sound exactly like Norm right now. <laughs> <laughs> and they could have done it so great. I mean, the female Terminator in the Sarah Connor Chronicles is actually pretty awesome. Like, mm. and she's... Uh, well, now, I didn't even know about this show. Yeah, yeah what's the it's Sarah summer... Connor Chronicles? Tell Chronicle. us more. It's a TV Chronicle. show. They did uh, two seasons, <laughs> I believe. Chronicle? And Summer Glau from Firefly plays the Terminator. Who's oh, what? Sent back to protect John Connor. Uh, so it's river. Yeah, yeah, it's river. So it's and then Lena Headey from Game of Thrones is Sarah yeah. Connor. Wait, she's is she Cersei? Yeah. Okay. She's great as uh-huh. Sarah Connor. And the kid it's and it's it's like takes place right after Terminator Two and John is a close to the same age as he was in Terminator Two. So basically right after Terminator Two, another Terminator is sent back to protect John and he and she just lives with the family. Uh, <laughs> and then there's and that's this, River. That's River, yeah. And then yeah. there's this guy who was in it. I forget the actor's name, 
uh, I forget what he did on the show. It's been a while since I watched it. Yeah. But I remember so really there's enjoying a guy, it. You can't remember the actor <laughs> or the character. But I do remember that he was there. <laughs> and he was male. Yes. Yes. And he's married to Megan Fox. Brian Austin Green. Oh. Oh, Brian Austin Green from 90210. Sure. Yeah. I've never seen that. Oh, my God. Seriously? There's no aliens. I'm not interested. Oh, wow. Are there no yeah. aliens, though? Like, I haven't seen Yeah, aren't we all know. kind of aliens in our friends groups yeah. when we got all this drama sometimes? <laughs> the, the Terminator 3 Terminator lady reminds me of um, that, like, robot chick from the end of the Hyperion Quartet. Like in the oh, I've only read the first two. Oh, in the in the third you and fourth, read the book, other ones. There's like one of her. So oh, yeah, cool. Basically, yeah. I felt I so I felt like the actress playing the ter- the female Terminator in in uh, Rise of the Machines mm-hmm. just did not bring it. I mean, she was fi- she was okay. Like she was not. I didn't she feel like she pro- was the right she choice. She probably did everything that they asked of her, totally. but maybe the I direction agree. was a little bit off with yeah. that particular character. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I don't blame her because I don't think yeah. there was anything to do. Well, yeah. she didn't. She didn't have the screen presence that yeah. Robert Patrick had, <laughs> and I I like the idea of making smaller Terminators because yeah. uh, it's just interesting that you have like this huge, strong, uh, like bodybuilder. As the first one, and then this kind of like smaller frame, like svelte, dangerous, sharp, pointy guy. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. the second one, I, I would have loved something. I love the idea of making it a woman, but I feel like Summer Glau was actually great casting because she's like a dancer. Yeah. And you have this graceful woman as a very deadly Terminator. Oh my God. The and last, that was super cool. Her last fight scene in Serenity. It's bonkers. So amazing. It's nuts. Oh God. But that episode where, uh, where you see her fight on Firefly for the first time, blew my mind yeah. I, I like the episode where you, where you see her dance <laughs> like in that weird square dance oh yeah and then, she, gets and then she uh guest starred on angel where she was a ballerina and she did a lot of dancing in that it was really great uh, yeah, really yeah cool. not a lot of people know this but all sci-fi podcasts eventually become firefly <laughs> yeah, that's true it's like how that's, all tapes that you science. leave in your car turn into the best of queen after a certain amount of time <laughs> that's that's true and uh, like so, if you were me and I I, when i had a tape omens. deck in my car everything turn into like dave matthews band and radio <laughs> any any pandora station will eventually turn into sting uh, <laughs> but uh what i was gonna it. say was so that true. that i think the natural logical progression uh should have been that uh if they're gonna they have a liquid metal terminator and terminator 3 should have been like a mist <laughs> oh that was a missed opportunity oh yeah, and, and so they made her a miz oh <laughs> <laughs> But that's an interesting idea. Of you got it. one? <laughs> like a, a collection of nanobots or something? Yeah. Yeah, which which I... Free flying Which nanobots. I feel like that that's kind of what, what... I can't remember what, Gen, what Genesis was kind of like. Something like that, I think. Yeah. But go, I can't remember now. I, sorry, I'm switching yeah. my microphone. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I saw Genesis once and it was a year or two ago. And I actually don't... I think he was like a nanobot something or other. I don't remember now. Well, well, but we're we'll, about we'll, to watch it again. We'll watch we'll it, yeah. 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 Uh, it's just going through all of the states of matter. That's uh, Yeah, that's what you expect. But then, then they're going to like run out. Then plasma. they can do plasma. Yeah. What happens after plasma? Uh, I don't know. I heard about it on a, uh, a, a website. Well, next it'll be... <laughs> it's just virtual... Uh, it's augmented reality terminators that make you think that you're dead and then you die. Oh... You're battling yeah. your own mind. 
I, see, if I were the Terminator, Hollownator. The ter <laughs> see the the Skynet is so is so obsessed with getting rid of the human race. Why don't they just move to space? <laughs> like, just go somewhere else. Yeah, they probably did. That would be a good movie. They should. Well, we were talking about how it should be Transformers versus Terminators because in, oh, yeah. in oh, Salvation, yeah. Transformators. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about Salvation? Hashtag yeah. Transformative. Yeah. We just watched Salvation. We just watched. Well, I want to. I want to talk about. Uh, before we move on, I want to talk about um, Skynet coming online in the no. third movie because I thought that was like super well done. Oh, the whole man. idea okay. that Skynet is a military defense program that they can plug in to control all of the computers, you know, to trace yeah. down threats faster. And he did that thing, like the guy that was in charge of whether to turn it on or not did that thing where he like thought about it and he was like i might be doing the wrong thing right like, this might be a bad idea oh well, i'll just do it anyway and that's like the thing you do when you leave the house and leave a burner on or something yeah. you're like what did i forget yeah, oh totally. it's probably gonna uh, be fine. i'm gonna destroy the human race nobody yeah. <laughs> uh i like i really liked that character uh claire dane's dad the yeah the, the military guy he seemed like a thoughtful guy who didn't who knew it was wrong but was still following orders <laughs> yeah and like didn't see any Sorry, other choice yeah i stepped on miles there, <laughs> and he did not he care did. for it he didn't bite uh, me yeah i thought i'd I mean, I always like that as a theme, you know, whether it be in like a fictional space academy in the future or a modern military, the idea of whether or not following orders is, you know, always the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, they do this thing on Star Trek all the time where someone refuses to follow orders and then like at the end, they're like, I can't believe you did this. It's going on your permanent record. You did the right thing, <laughs> you know, all the time. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting that, you know, this character knowing this could be the wrong thing. But I feel like he even felt like he should do it because they needed to get control of the situation. And that was the only method that they had to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was making like a zero sum sort of choice or like, yeah. I don't know. It was triage. So, what Hold was on the, a second. What was happening at that moment? I was what? just going to... Ask the, uh, there was like a computer virus that was taking over the city. Yeah, right? yeah. Everyone was losing control of their computers slowly, and they thought it was a computer virus from their enemies. But was it? But was it, it was actually really was it? Skynet. It was Skynet, right? Yeah, it was Skynet trying, trying to get to them over. to release it. Yeah. So oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I kind of missed that. Yeah, I thought that was, was really like, cool. Oh, if you just unleash about... Skynet, we'll fix everything. We'll take care of this virus that's plaguing you. Yeah. We won't bomb everyone. I think that's you know? to, to get it into your head that hey, when that antivirus program is is act, <laughs> is actually a virus program. Yeah. <laughs> well, we all knew that. Yeah, when you agree to AVG web tune up, you're actually releasing Skynet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I thought all that was great. I yeah. I mean, the last like third of the movie really makes up for a lot of the, first the bullshit in the first two yeah. thirds. Yeah. yeah, and I like sure. Nick Stahl just fine. I really like Claire Danes. I thought you know Arnold Schwarzenegger is predictably great in the movie. <laughs> uh, I like that they brought back that same psychiatrist from the first two movies. Yeah, oh, yeah. the guy that refuses what a to learn. Character. Yeah, he refuses to learn. He refuses to like see. With his own eyes yeah. and believe things. Yeah, he's like, sometimes you just are wrong and crazy and you didn't really see anything weird, you know? Yeah. Like, it happens again. He was, like, convincing Sarah Connor that she was crazy yeah. and then tries to convince himself that he was crazy. And I love, he's even in the first movie, which is really cool. But it's so funny when you think about him in the third movie where he comes in as kind of this comic relief. And then you think about his scene in the first movie where they're shooting up that police station. It just feels like a different universe, you know? 
and like nowhere even close. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because like this is not a precious franchise to me. But if it were um, something that were that I had grown up with and was really precious to me, I think I'd be pissed off about that. Knowing me. Well, thank goodness it's not precious to any of us. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I love it though. I mean, I really yeah. love it. I thought that scene in in uh, Rise of the Machines where he came back was wasn't that him like at the end of his rope? Who are you talking about? The, the psychiatrist. psychiatrist. Yeah. Oh yeah. He came in and yeah, um, it was very. I thought it was tragic. I agree. I, maybe yeah. he t- maybe he did something funny, but I I I think that was him. Like he was just lost his mind. Right, I I, I agree yeah, with that. I'm trying to remember. I can't really remember what any, happened. There wasn't really any like closure for his character. He, he just didn't ran like, away get a chance to make the right choice or yeah. you know, no. That's insane. that's the tra- that's what it, that's tragedy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Tragedy doesn't have closure. It just says you just just sadness. It just stops. And death. Yeah. What day? What year? 2018. What happened here? Judgment Day happened. We can win this war. So that brings us to Terminator Salvation, which we just watched, in which Sam Worthington plays Marcus, uh, this character who is basically turned into like a hybrid human Terminator. Marcus Wright. He was initially a uh, prisoner. He'd like killed his dad and brother somehow. Yeah, killed some people somehow. Oh, they they didn't even really get into what he did. They didn't, which I liked. That was was weird. uh, But he ended up... He just felt guilty about it. Yeah, Yeah. he got the death penalty for being a a murderer. Yeah. And he was obviously a good guy, like a, a very good guy deep down. So it's interesting. He kissed her at the beginning. And then that's why they had him kiss her at the end. Because the reason he got into that whole thing was because the contract was sealed with a kiss. He ah. sold his life to, uh, you know, what's her face? Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. For a kiss. Huh. And w- we were talking about, like, why did they have to make him kiss that female character at the end? It's like the Guardians of the Galaxy hand-holding thing. Yeah. I didn't mind that kiss at the end, actually. Yeah. And Moon, Moon no, Bloodgood. No, I just didn't realize the, it was so reflective. Yeah, that's interesting. It wasn't necessarily a romantic kiss, either. Yeah, right? I feel I feel like the chem like this is the one of those feeling his ending. This is one of those uh, situations where the chemistry between those two actors was like so palpable. Uh, Moon Bloodgood played Blair, and I, I love her in this movie. I I saw this in the theaters, and I loved it as a kid. Yeah, I definitely she did, recognized she it. It's did a like good job. it's like a, a it's kind of a silly movie, but I really <laughs> really like it. Like I yeah. really. It's a post-apocalyptic movie with Terminators running all over the place. It's fucking awesome, you know? Yeah. I, I, I know that maybe I'm losing credibility for everyone because now I've, like, I love Lost in Space and I love Terminator Salvation. Oh, I but... enjoyed it. I just saw it for the first time today and it, yeah. it was super it was su- fun. It was super enjoyable. Yeah. I, I feel like as far as, uh, as far as doing a war movie and the Terminator future is concerned, I think they did a pretty fucking good job, you know? Yeah. I yeah. think that Marcus is like a really compelling character. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they really focused on the humanity of of Marcus versus John Connor, who seems to be just kind of jaded by fighting so much. Yeah, he's like a secondary character. Almost. Totally. Yeah. Marcus is the real like hero of the movie. Yeah, totally. And Marcus is wrestling with his humanity because he's been turned into a machine against his will w- without even being asked. He just wakes up and he's a machine. He doesn't even know he's a machine for a while, uh, but he was made by Skynet to be the perfect infiltration device 
which is so cool because like if you if you go back and look through the movie every choice that marcus makes every choice that john makes very natural choices yeah yeah but they're what gets john connor to san francisco exactly yeah trapped yeah and it's the kind of forward thinking that a machine would be capable of Um, uh, an evil machine who wants to kill you is going to try to manipulate you to come to where you can be killed. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that that was a really cool story and I loved it. Mm. I, the end of the movie sucks. Like I, <laughs> I'm so pissed about the ending. The heart transplant. Yeah. It's so, it's so weird and tacked it's on. Like, and... Why does John Connor still need to be alive? Why is he more important than what's his face? Than Marcus. Marcus Wright. Yeah. yeah I mean, you've got this guy who's a living machine who, uh, yeah, he should be the leader of the resistance. He's yeah, the most he's, valuable person. He is, yeah. yeah. He's, and, a, he's the MVR, the most valuable all, robot. Yeah, all you need John Connor for is to send uh, his you know, dad back in time so that yeah. he's around to keep humanity alive for the first part. Which can still happen. The end, which he already did. And yeah. so then you've got hey, a cool robot to take what if, over. What if Marcus Wright was the uh, another son of Sarah Connor from somebody else that she had sex with when she was Oh, running? like one of those revolutionaries? Yeah. That's ridiculous. And and then they'd be like, oh (laughs) my God, that happened. I can't believe it. We'll find that out in Terminator 6. And that's why the heart transplant was a success because they had the same blood type. Yeah, that it also makes like no (laughs) sense, you know? Sorry. Like it makes no sense. They don't even tell you what really, how how that's going to work. And they're like at this field uh, medical facility. They're going to do a heart transplant out there? I don't think so. That was 2018, you know? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they, they yeah. called in the medics. They were like, okay, uh, get get all of our medical people here, not just the vet lady, you know? Yeah, I yeah, I really disliked the end. And I oh, remember right. seeing it. So the, was, that was the Claire Danes character? The, yeah. She, uh, yeah. Played that's by she, Bryce Dallas Howard. That's in, why in, so now she can, like, do surgery and stuff, but yeah, she's not okay. a, and she's a pregnant. human surgeon. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's probably, probably is by now. Yeah, I'm sure you she's, learn, I mean, learn she's, on she's the like, job. A, yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah, but it seemed yeah. like they still had experts other than her who could come in for a heart transplant. I bet she's done more human surgeries than uh, than a typical surgeon back when she was doing vet stuff. But I don't think that other guy could have been uh, John Connor's brother because of the timing. Because he... Well, no, I'm not saying that he was. I'm saying wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if John's he was. Ridiculous and, theory. and then he became uh, okay. the leader of the resistance because... Uh, and then it was like... Because that's what they always do is they like say, oh, yeah, see, all the same things are happening kind of uh, in these movies. Yeah. And uh, that would like keep it in the family business. (laughs) Well, I. uh... (laughs) And and then no, no, he wouldn't have to be John Connor's brother. He would just have to raise the son that uh, the Claire Dean's future character is having. I'm into that. And teach Uh, him how to be like both a man and a robot. Ish. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I thought that his character was just so compelling when he learns that he is the 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 bringer of John's death. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, he like rips goes that part rampage. out of his head. Yeah. He like he like literally he, like can't gives save John himself Connor. a lobotomy. Watch me. Yeah, I really I really liked it, yeah. and I really liked the CG Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, we can all agree on that. <laughs> I mean, at least on from this far away on that TV, I, I, I believed. It was actually young. I mean, I didn't believe it because it's impossible. Yeah. But I mean, it looks it looks like CG to me, but it it works for me. I mean, yeah, I, the it was just the right amount of like magical looking sort of right, like because he's still a robot, totally. So. And he look. I mean, in the first movie, they kept using this rubber head, so he looks fake half the time anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, it worked for me, and the 
It's the it's like the only time in the Terminator franchise, uh, in like the the second half of the franchise that they decided to do something that looked canonical. You know, <laughs> I mean, John Connor being Christian Bale was is a weird choice. Was um, that who that was in this last movie? Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 post that's post Batman too. I so think that's so yeah, he's doing his Batman voice for, for part of the movie. Uh, so it's yeah. like we're all, all we're thinking about is Batman. Yeah, I. I wasn't thinking about Batman. I, I, I feel like he was miscast. I, I mean, seen it. I also feel like uh, John Connor is a background character and you don't really like him or care about him, but you really like and care about Marcus. So then like giving, like killing Marcus to save John at the end just seems so stupid. Well, yeah. I, wish they, I wish they could have gotten Eddie Furlong, but I, I feel like that's Yeah, that's I not saw happening. him in something recently. He was in uh, Star Trek Renegades, like a fan film. And he doesn't, uh, like he, he did a lot of drugs after yeah. Terminator 2. Yeah. And, you know, he's wouldn't you have? I, I hope not. Uh, he was hanging out with that troublemaker. What Macaulay Culkin? <laughs> oh, the redhead from Nickelodeon. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Was he hanging out with Macaulay Culkin? I don't know. That just seemed right to Probably. me. Probably. Probably. It, it does seem wouldn't like you? it, doesn't it? <laughs> if I could, yeah, I'd hang out yeah. with Macaulay. He seems like an interesting guy. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was. So apparently, they first wanted uh, Christian Bale to play Marcus, but he wanted to play John Connor, so they expanded the role of John Connor. So that Christian Bale could do it, and Christian Bale was like really involved in like the writing and the editing. He was like, I, th- I think he, he kind what, of with the editing. He leaned on his star power to be able to make creative choices in the movie to agree to do it. So you think that he's the one that at the end was like, and then John Connor lives, right? Oh, I have they no get that idea. Other guy's heart. I have oh no my idea. Gosh. I, I That's just weird. I, and also he he exploded on the set and screamed at some people and it got out online and became this whole thing. Oh, I, oh, I remember, remember that. that. Yeah. But I didn't remember. Well, we I remember. never yeah. saw the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing about so that. He, it seemed like he was going through some shit in his life at that moment. And yeah. I feel like he was part to... of that makes his performance good because like he has this really intense intensity. Yeah, you yeah, know? it was very intense. Yeah, he's trying to he, find his own humanity. He, yeah, oh. it's like he's lost his humanity by fighting for these machines for so long. So that worked for me, but I feel like, uh, but by necessity, that kind of means that his character was a background character, you know, that's fine. Got to turn yeah. my phone off. Yeah. John, John well, Connor. He wasn't even in the first movie. So yeah, he's always yeah, a funny. background character. Yeah. It's always like this guy's going to lead the resistance and yeah, but the people around uh, and that's him what we're working for doing yeah. more like developing. Yeah. And I think that the movie would have been stronger if it had spent less time with John. Yeah. Because, those were you don't kind of care. It, those were like the most boring parts. You don't really care about him yeah. in this movie. Oh, he's got like some authority issues with the people who are actually leading the resistance, and yeah. there's tension. Oh boy, yeah. gosh, I so care. Yeah. I mean, it did start cool. Like uh, the the whole fight sequence in the beginning, where you take off in the helicopter with John, was really cool. And then he like dives underwater to find command. I that thought was, that was kind of cool. It was all fairly cool, but yeah. it still wasn't as interesting as right. like the prisoner guy at the beginning. Right. You're like, what happened totally. to him? And then as soon as uh, Kyle Reese comes on screen. But you care. You're interested. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Anton Yelchin did an awesome job. Marcus yeah. and mm-hmm. Kyle together with that little girl was uh, awesome. She was the shit. She was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like people don't get paid as much if they don't talk. Do you think she uh, got paid less because she didn't talk? <laughs> Maybe. John, that's terrible. Why? I'm just... I mean, I was just like, thinking about how it was cool that she didn't talk, but then I was like, well, I hope she didn't get paid less because of that, because she was awesome. Should we, like, try and petition to give her more money because she really made that movie like a lot more heartwarming. And uh, she, she, also, great, yeah. she also provided 
the way out of situations. Yeah. Right? Like she yeah. was every the smartest time. person. She was there. very smart. Yeah. I feel like if you don't speak and you're just listening all the time, it gives you a certain type of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that child had it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this movie did something that all four movies do so far that I really, really, really like, which is uh, people are thrust together and then develop really intense bonds very quickly. I mean, Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor are having sex within like a couple of hours of knowing each other. Um, Marcus and Blair have this really intense chemistry. Yeah. Kyle and Marcus have this really intense chemistry. Uh, uh, like Claire Danes and John Connor in the third movie. And then even, you know, John and the Terminator in the second yeah. movie, like it, the movies are all kind of revolving around the chemistry of the actors. And I love that because it's like the juxtaposition of this, this human thing that can only be human against these machines. I think that like, for me, that's what makes yeah. all of these movies really enjoyable is that you have this like intense human connection side of it. And that know. human connection is what drives those people to make the crazy choices that lead them to win against the machines too. Totally. Because they care about Absolutely. the people that yeah, they're with. Totally. Yeah. And that's what's, that's how the machines are going to lose eventually in however many Terminator movies <laughs> it's it takes. the heart. Yeah. We it's, have the most powerful hearts. It's, it's their cold, logical decision-making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that reminds me of Miles Dyson in the second movie. I love oh, that Miles guy. Dyson. Oh. Oh, Joe Morton, my. who's he's an amazing actor. I love him. He's the guy who uh, he's invented, the scientist in Terminator Two. He inv- did he invent Skynet or he was he was studying the the Terminator pieces and he was working at Cyberdyne. Okay, Dime. okay. Yeah. He's yeah. the one whose like family got like held up at yeah. the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they okay. they like oh, man. They traumatized his family. Yeah. and then they movie. killed they yeah. killed Miles. I, that. I love that character. Yeah. He, you care about him so much. I so forgot quickly. whether he was in two or three, but yeah, no, yeah. he's like so. Just yeah, like, me. And yeah. when they like storm that compound, the Skynet compound at the end with Miles Dyson, and he gets killed, it's like <gasps> so traumatic. It's mm-hmm. it's maybe the most traumatic death in the series. Yeah, where I mean, yeah, it's they, really it's unfair. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah. But I think you know, it's it's very it's vital to these types of movies to have a death like that. I don't know, like Kyle's death is, is pretty intense in the first movie, but I don't know, something about Miles, it was so unfair. And you like met his family and he's yeah. not a warrior. Like he's Kyle not a warrior. Kyle knew what he was getting into. Totally. He was like, I am on a mission. I'm Kyle, saving yeah. the world. It's he got totally to meet fun. the love of his life. Yeah. He got to sire a son. Yes. <laughs> he had fun. Yeah. You know, he had a good time. But Miles Dyson, Miles, like Miles was like, terrified of those people. Job. You know what I love about that character is that he's so smart that when the truth is presented to him, uh, he signs up with the people who just terrorized his family because he recognizes that what they're doing is important. And yeah. I, he's just yeah, such a scientist. Yeah. Willing, you know? willing to change your mind in light of further information. Right. Yeah. Totally. That would be hard to do. Yeah. I, totally. I, I was like, I, I can't imagine. I can't believe that he's able to do that. It reminds uh, I me. It, it reminds I me of it work. Like yeah. a lot of times at work, like we run a mobile game, and most teams don't solve the final puzzle in the game. And usually, like usually, people are pretty cool about it. But the most common reaction, other than being cool about it, is by being like, "Oh, that's sort of a stretch." Like the answer to that puzzle, like, "Oh, oh you yeah. know, kind of a stretch." And recently, I did an event it was for uh the like allen center for artificial intelligence and one team got the final answer and the other teams didn't and 
representatives from both of the other teams went to that first team after they like heard the whole explanation they were like oh so what was your process for getting this like yeah you know like they just they didn't say oh that's sort of a stretch to me they like went to the people who had solved it yeah and like asked for their process cool. like why I did you that. figure this out and that's i was so, cool. so impressed yeah it's like this is how we advance as a species that's yeah. cyberdyne you're talking to right that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it might be stuff. skynet yeah sorry guys yeah, I mean, so also so interesting to find out that, like, from that character's perspective, he's working on something that is going to destroy humanity. That's pretty interesting. There's so many amazing concepts to wrap your brain around in these movies. I mean, yeah. even in the fourth movie, the idea of finding finding out that you're in a robot body, like, what does that do to humanity? And that character holds on to his humanity so tightly, and yeah. it's very... It's very, I keep using this word, but it's very compelling to me, uh, which is why like throwing him away at the end of the movie seems like such a fucking waste and makes, it makes no sense. They don't tie it up or wrap it up. It, it's just like, oh man, we won this big battle. John Connor's like deathly injured, uh, like critically injured, yeah. mortally wounded. Hmm. Yeah. And then it's they just, just like. a flesh wound. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we'll just pop his heart out. We'll put your heart in. You'll die, but no big deal. And then the movie ends. I'm like, what the fuck it's a terrible ending it sounds like somebody was getting getting into the into the works it i agree like a like a network executive or something or yeah. christian bale if you what you said about christian bale <laughs> is true if he's like i want to live in the end christian bail me out of this heart problem guys <laughs> why won't you yeah i mean i i Not think very that, christian of him <laughs> i think that part of the reasoning might have been that they wanted christian bale to come back because they were planning on making a trilogy and it got scrapped because this huh. movie didn't do very well and people kind of uh, hated it. Yeah. yeah. So I think they, they had to have him survive. But uh, I don't know. It's the, it's the only thing about this movie that I just really don't like. And yeah. I, I know this movie gets a terrible, terrible bad rap out there. People just don't like it at all. And I don't I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, that. <laughs> I thought it was better than the third movie. I think so, too. And I like the third movie a lot. Yeah. I, th I thought the first two thirds of it were better than the third movie and i thought the, the last the, third of the third movie was better than the first the last third of the fourth last, movie yeah, yeah. yeah. get those yeah. numbers i agree with you and if we can take the first two thirds of uh of salvation the, and tack on the the ending <laughs> of rise of the machines you'd have a that would movie. really <laughs> screw that would really screw up the timeline perfect movie um i i love that the timeline in salvation is a little different yeah because of what's happened in the first three movies yeah yeah of course it's gonna and be they different have you those, know like mecha robot warriors those are like cool the transformers yeah. yeah those are nuts there's this huge robot sitting on the back of the of the hunter killer yeah that's really cool yeah. it's really cool that's a cool movie mm. uh yeah that's really fun that was fun this it was just this a good old fun time it was yeah. a different from terminator one which was it's not a fun time it's 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 like it's terrifying it's frightening yeah. right Totally. Terminator In 2 is, 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 is also a little bit like that. Yeah. And from my memories of Terminator 5 were that it was also like a fun, silly movie. And so it's like that. It, like, it like went a step further than, than it I was, think you're right. It's like super action. I haven't seen Terminator 5 yet. So I'll yeah. have to watch, watch it, it before watch I uh, it. answer questions about it. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it did all the tropes. It, it was like so predictable. Yeah. Or, you know, it was, it wasn't. I can't remember what happened. It didn't. It doesn't really matter what happened. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that they have to work in the line "Come with me if you want to live" in every movie, uh, and I actually think that they did a 
an excellent job in Salvation of using that line because it's Kyle Reese that says it in the first movie yeah. and he says it in the fourth movie, so that made sense to me. Yeah. But they did an even better job of putting of sneaking in and I'll be back. Yeah. When uh, yeah. Uh, when John's John Connor- wife is like, what should I tell your men when they ask where you've gone? He says, tell them. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, it's, it was. It's so. I didn't like stri- that. I loved it. But that was Christian Bale saying that, right? Yeah. yeah. And they kind yeah, of like I swelled the music and paused. He the probably music. asked to be able to say that. Like, can I we thought say it I'll worked. I thought it worked just fine. I thought. I thought it was funny. I just. Uh, yeah. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. You want to live? Come on! Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. Come with me if you want to live. How do you feel about shit like that? Like, uh, yippee kaye, motherfucker, or. Uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. Like franchises where you have to say the tagline of the franchise in every movie. Yeah, as long as it doesn't uh, really detract from the movie, and I, I don't think it does in these movies. It's it usually fits in. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of those it things stuck where, out a lot in in Salvation when I, when he said uh, "Come back. with me." When oh you yeah, live. yeah. Oh, that didn't stick out to me as much as I'll be back. When did that happen? Just because I knew it was going to happen eventually. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when you're... Expect- Come with me if you want to live is like not just a Terminator thing. I feel like that happens in a lot of sci-fi fantasy... Really? Stories. Yeah. Well, they, I, I, mean, I they only, make a big deal about it in Terminator. Okay. I only know of it through Terminator and I feel like... I mean, it was like a big deal in Terminator. I'm wondering if maybe it was used in other things after that. Mm. But I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. That's like when I realized, it took me a long time to realize that I've got a bad feeling about this was like a trope in Star Wars because I just thought it was like such a, a thing to say, you know? That's a thing to say. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it took me a while too because I remember noticing it in uh, in the prequels in the theater and I was right. like, somebody said it and I was like, that sounds, it's, I feel like they've said this in other movies. <laughs> and yeah. then I watched the other movies like, hey, they're saying it in every single movie. Right. It's it's weird. And then Rogue One did the best job where uh, K2 starts to say it and gets interrupted. <laughs> they're just like, no, don't do that. It's really, uh, it's really, it's yeah. really funny. Rogue One was good. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, so like the main, three of the main characters are not American, but they're all doing American American accents. accents. In Salvation, totally. And they slip in and out of it. <laughs> Sam Worthington straight up like has had an accent for half the movie. It's really bizarre. I might be wrong about Anton Yelchin though, because he's yeah. he, he he is is born Russian. I don't know. I uh, I read that. He's born oh, in he's Russia. Born Russian? But yeah. I don't I I feel like he has an accent in real life, but I'm not sure because his accent is so convincing. I've seen him in a bunch of things, and he's got a different accent in all of it, so I don't know what his yeah. true accent is. He may be Russian, but he clearly took a long time to learn how to do accents. <laughs> what? Sorry. Uh, oh, I get it. I, I can't. My brain it just took can't. Me a second. My brain can't. Um, that was like such a such a a brain stopper like yeah. my brain now that joke just got stuck in my brain and i can't remember what i was thinking i was like oh yeah it's a pun yeah <laughs> for a second i was like uh what's this is that like a joke about russia we've been talking about such complex issues i thought yeah. i'd throw a little I appreciate yeah. it naomi is the you're like the master of the pun mm, yes thank you someday i'll be a dad yeah um and then uh yeah christian bale is is he wh- where is he from uh, he's is he British. English. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, Sam Worthington, I think, is Australian. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> no, right. No, he's but he was born in England. I really, 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 really like Sam Worthington in this movie, which is funny because I, I... He was Marcus? Yeah, I have like okay. no... So he was the lead in Avatar. He plays Jake. I got him mixed up with someone else. I thought he was some other guy who has a similar name, but I can't remember what that name is. I thought he was Paul from Dollhouse. <laughs> I thought it was Sam Waterston. <laughs> That's who I thought it was. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Sam Waterston? You put this? a bow tie on Sam Worthington, you can't tell the difference. <laughs> I mean, besides the fact that they're decades different in age. Mm. Uh, yeah, he's so likable. Like, that character's so likable. Even though you know he's a murderer, you just love him in this movie. Yeah, mm. what is that? Why is he so likable? I don't know, because I don't care for him in, in, uh, in uh, Avatar. Uh, that's maybe a James Cameron is, movie, isn't it? Is yeah. he all good in Avatar? Maybe the fact that he was like already a murderer. Yeah, I don't know. There's like something in his he's eyes really clean in cut. this movie. So like someone that clean cut being all good might be kind of boring, but that maybe. clean cut also being a murderer might be a little more interesting. I don't yeah, know. I didn't I like know. him that much. <laughs> no? The charms don't work on John. Just, uh, yeah. Him and Christian Bale kind of both... Both kind of annoyed me. But you seem to have a hard time telling their faces apart. At first, yeah. It's like, oh, this, this, these Hollywood movies, they just always get these people that look the same. It's like, oh, if we have a male, a white male character, is going to look like this look. And yeah. if we have a female character, you know, it's it's just always... Yeah. Uh, That's something uh, else I loved so about uh, uh, Blair, Moon Bloodgood. She's got such a unique look. Oh, really? She... She's gorgeous. I have a crush on her. I like thought I was like, wait, is that Angelina Jolie? No, wait, really? is that Jessica Alba? Okay, <laughs> really? It's like, oh yeah. wow, interesting. Maybe I'm wrong. I there's no wrong. Maybe I like. There's only. I looked her up after I saw this in 2009, and she was in some shit, and I don't remember what it was, but nothing else <laughs> I've ever seen. I, I she was because I recognize that name. I yeah. never, never forget Moon Moon Blood, Blood Good Moon Blood Good. <laughs> so I just looked this up. Uh, her father Shell Blood Good is an American of Dutch and Irish descent, and her mother, Sang Cha, is Korean. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Blood good. Interesting. And good she's work. On, she's on Falling, so Sky, Moon, Falling Skies. I haven't... Yeah. So Falling Skies is a show that's been on my list to watch for years. I've never seen it, but I, I really want to watch it. There's huh. a lot of people in it that I like. Oh. And it's sci-fi, so I'm in. Falling Skies. Yeah, we tried to watch that one sci-fi show that everyone loves right now, and the we Expanse? couldn't get into it. The Expanse? The Expanse. Yeah. You gotta get, gotta get to episode four. Okay. Uh, it's too heavy. John thought everyone looked too cool. I so yeah, I struggled with like the freaking Sam Worthington. Everyone just looks too cool. I, I had a hard time getting into that one, but by episode four, I was obsessed with it. Mm. it I, it's the the second episode is the only one of the whole season that I that I feel like is a little weak. Uh, episode one is really good, but it's like just introducing the world. Yeah, episode it's the three, pilot. episode three gets really interesting. Episode four was like. I was like, I can't believe that this is a TV show because it's so fucking good. Huh. I think The Expanse is, you know, one of the best things on TV right now. I can't recommend it highly enough. You got it. You got to keep All going. All right, we'll give it another chance. One second. Am I gone? I was just. It was just looking quiet. Yeah, she's there. She's just quiet. Okay. It sounds e even in my head, which is all that matters. Cool. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I I wonder why this movie got uh, such a bad rap. Terminator Salvation. It was like really hated. I mean, it might it might be the look of it because it it was uh, it was just a different feel. I, like a, like the third one kind of had a similar feel to the second one, but this one had it was just totally different thing. Yeah, but it, it, it was like those, a whole movie built off of 
the little clips of the future that they'd shown in the first, well, yeah. I guess in all yeah. three of the movies, they show these, these clips of this like wasteland yeah. future. And then we finally got a whole movie of that. So a I robot stepping on a skull. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. all that stuff looked like really fakey in the first couple of movies. I mean, they did the best they could. Yeah. But I felt like they translated that into a modern movie pretty well in, in yeah. Yeah. For 2009 in Salvation. So it came out in 2009. Yeah. Maybe there's some other reason why people didn't like it. Yeah. It might be like what other movies came out that weekend. Or, yeah, I think the fact that it, it looked so different was actually a big factor. I think yeah. that uh, the fact that it like was like purportedly a Terminator movie, but was completely different, alienated a lot of fans. The, but for it, me, I was like, I've been waiting for this. I want to see the movie of them fighting in the future. It felt I want like that. It felt very modern. It was felt... that the first one where Danny Elfman did the music? Yeah, yeah, and the the music's awesome. I thought he did a really good job capturing the musical feel from the others. I agree. They were very like machine clangy background songs. Yeah, I agree totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I thought that movie felt more modern. Than the other movies. The other movies had like a classic look well, to them. It was like 2018. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it felt uh, there was a lot of like handheld camera stuff. And everything was super crisp. And uh, the color was like real kind of kind of uh, unsaturated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It had weird color timing that I actually really liked. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about Salvation, right? Yeah. 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 No, I, I agree. Uh, like the other movies are a little more bright and warm. Yeah. that The only like warm thing was the red on the armband for the Rebels. Yeah. Red. Red. Mm. So I'm, so I just pulled up Wikipedia, uh, while Terminator Salvation was initially intended to begin a new trilogy, production of a fifth film was halted by legal trouble, as well as the Halcyon Company filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. While some anonymous sources insisted that Terminator 5 would be moving forward, the majority of analysts predicted that the future is in jeopardy. Uh, so then in... <laughs> so, oh, I so just the, watched all the other movies, and I, I think the future is in jeopardy. So in 2009, the rights to the franchise went up for sale, and that's... Uh, and that's why we got that's why we got Genesis. Genesis. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then um somebody didn't like Gen like James Cameron's coming back to do a new Terminator. Is that what yeah, I heard? Is there gonna be a sixth? That's what they're talking about now. Yeah, James Cameron coming back uh to take it back over. To take it back over. And Genesis was supposed to be the first in a trilogy and that got scrapped because that movie didn't do well either. So yeah, I'm not really sure if Salvation the the trilogy was scrapped. Because it didn't do well or because of this weird legal trouble with the rights to the franchise. So maybe they'll do some weird thing where Salvation and Genesis are like not even canon and James Cameron does like a reboot from yeah. after. Yeah, it's like, where do you go from here? Yeah. You know, I have a I have a thought. I feel <laughs> like Terminator 6 should be about the fact that the timeline has become fractured from all of this time warfare that they've been doing. Oh. Uh, and existence is threatened, you know, so. Yeah. I mean, it does. So they it, have to go way back in time. Well, oh, does it yeah. does it matter? Like, does it matter if you save humanity in one timeline if you fractured it into all these other timelines where humanity yeah. is has died? Yeah. Um, or Why maybe is your timeline the most important one? Yeah, totally. I feel like uh, 
that sort of a question could be at the core of the movie. Which which is the darkest timeline? <laughs> yeah. And Abed and Troy have to kill the Terminators from their imaginarium. Oh, if we could have, Obviously. If we could have that movie, that would be a great movie. Everybody would die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like the fact that the, the, the franchise is inconsistent is inconsistent could be a plot device. Yeah. Uh, and to, to like, that'd be like tell a, a story kind of uh, like yeah. twist around of an accident. Yeah, maybe they could tell a story about like why do you assume that you're that this version of reality is better than this one when yeah. like what what has happened in all of these has maybe affected it's better each other. for the galaxy if humans all die. Uh, yeah, I feel like there's like, but you have to because it's Terminator. It has to be a small story, a small simple story. So there's like I feel like taking that idea and then making it just like dead simple and then playing it out uh, on the streets of some city would be really cool. All right, you're hired. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm hired. Honestly, I yeah, I don't know though. I I'd say take it into space. The streets of some space <laughs> city. That reminds me my my motto is usually if there's not aliens I'm not interested. There's no aliens in these movies and I'm very interested. Yeah. Mm. So, androids, uh cybernetic like you know, artificial intelligence, anything like that, I'm still yeah. interested. Yeah. I have to amend my motto. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. These these uh these artificially these these dragons. the machines. <laughs> I love dragons too. Yeah. The machines, cybernetic uh, dragons. Are, that's an idea. The machines are. Uh, those, you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about um, Dinobots. I oh. am totally. You're correct, sir. Oh. That Grimlock. Took, that totally took the wind out of my sails. <laughs> I was so excited for a moment there. I mean, these machines are are, are uh, presumably capable of going into space. So I would assume at some point they'd be like, if if they'd be looking for. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they'd be curious. Maybe they're not curious. Yeah. I mean, what what do they want? They seem to just want they're, domination. They, yeah. Well, they, they kill to die. They kill off humans because they perceive them as a threat. But yeah. why? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to go deeper go into, into that. Space. I'd love to go deeper into that story. Why are they a threat, and what other things might be a threat? Yeah, might might. Oh, a, I've got it. Okay, might, might. Terminator Six <laughs> is when the Transformers come and threaten the machines, and then Skynet has to team up with the humans to defeat the Transformers. Mm. Boom. The Decepticons, then, right? Yeah. So as you're talking, Megatron yes. shows up, <laughs> and uh, Starscream. And <laughs> and it's called the the Transforminators. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like this. And it's also it's a Lego movie. It's animated. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this idea. Um. So let's rank. Let's rank the Terminator movies. Oh, okay. Man. We know the, we know the ranking. What's the best one? Is it Terminator Two or the original? I think it's got to be two. I guess right. I think the original is very classic. Oh man, I I like the original because it's it's it does it's 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 a little more artsy. Nothing else could exist yeah. in the timeline without the original, so I have yeah. to pick the original it, as number one. The original has a grit to it that even the second one doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. This, the second the, one is, is immediately very Hollywood. The second one, I but I think the second one is more enjoyable. It might technically be better, but yeah, I think it is a technically. I think it is a technically better movie. Uh, I mean, it's incredibly well yeah. made and yeah. it's well written and you care about yeah. the characters. The first one is so fucking crazy and unique. And I like the psycho stuff that happens, like the mind, mind fuck. Yeah. I love that 
they took this sort of action, like over the top eighties action movie and put in like a legit sci-fi plot, you know, like someone coming from the future to kill someone in the past to prevent what they're going to do in the future. Like you have to be a sci-fi fan to kind of wrap your brain around that. And And I feel like at the time, like watching the movie made me think of like at the time, these people didn't know what Terminator was about when right. they went to the movie theater. Totally. Like, they didn't necessarily know that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a robot, and they, like, really built up to, like, and, yeah. him being revealed as not human, which yeah. now and, seems silly, but... Yeah. All they knew about Arnold Schwarzenegger was, like, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he's strong, he's like, naked. Yeah. There, there hasn't really been a whole bunch of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies yet. Yeah, this was his yeah. big breakout, this, as far as I know. So, all they knew was, okay, we like Conan... <laughs> was Conan uh, before Terminator or after? Before Con- okay. uh, this, th- this movie came out like right after Conan the Destroyer. Cool. And uh, he so, was just like a bodybuilder, and he did some acting just before a, that. Yeah. And then you're watching the movie, and it's just a horror movie. Yeah. It's like yeah. Jason. It's like uh, you know Michael Myers. It's a monster movie. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah totally. Uh, but so that's what's cool about that movie. Totally. Yeah. I think. And the second one and has an element of that with Robert Patrick's character. I mean, the second one is an action yeah. movie and a monster movie and a sci-fi movie yeah. and a buddy comedy. Um, <laughs> God, so, it's this is tough. So, so, so yeah, for for like the the well doneness of it, I think Terminator Two is 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 the best. But for like the feel, the feel, I yeah. really like Terminator One because the music just is really cool and yeah, uh, so oh, very machine. Go back and forth. I'm with you. I can't. I don't think I can make that call. I think there's like things I like about each of them so much. They're both like so fucking good. I mean, why? Yeah, I. This was my idea, and I take it back because it's a dumb idea. But let's still rank the third and the fourth. Which one do we like better? The fourth. The fourth over the third. Well, like we were saying, hmm. the first two thirds of the fourth plus the last third of the third. Yeah. So yeah, if the first two thirds of the of the <laughs> third are not as good as the last third of the third, and the first two thirds of the fourth are, are better than the last third better of the than, fourth, then that means fourth is slightly better. Yeah, that's true, because two-thirds yeah. are better than one-third. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I'm in on that. I, but, but I also feel like... Doesn't way more than the, a beginning? Like, isn't that's the, the thing the is important that, part? That's the thing, is that Salvation leaves me feeling angry every time. I've only yeah. seen true. it twice. Yeah. But, like, Rise of the Machines, every time I've seen it, which is also it's, only twice, when I get to the end, I'm like, fuck yeah, movie. It's way satisfying. To do that. It's like, really satisfying. Way, yeah, way to make destroying the entire human yeah. race satisfying, they movie. I'm, yeah. I, I'm I'm with you there. I think I I swear I I go with that. Yeah. Well, here, how about this? Terminator one and two are better than Terminator three and four. Sure. Huzzah! <laughs> we did it. <laughs> and now uh, that's the that's the thing everyone was waiting for. Yeah. yeah. I wonder which ones they're gonna think is better <laughs> than the other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's that's, the, that's. I think everyone has that same answer. No surprises here. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I gotta say, I mean, Terminator movies are awesome. I feel like they're a they're they're a cool bridge for people who don't like sci-fi movies to enjoy a sci-fi movie because okay. i think that terminator appeals to people that are that just like pure action movies that don't mm-hmm. care for science fiction i feel like they'll like terminator you know yeah but then it introduces them to one of the core tenets of sci-fi which is like what is a human totally you know what, like what time makes, travel what gives you choice oh my god yeah, yeah. Like, it really wrestles with a lot of machines? shit yeah yeah it yeah, does, like it predestination go- versus making your own life oh, yeah. for yourself. It doesn't get- How to do and not to do time travel. Yeah. It, it doesn't get too complicated with it, too, which is nice. Yeah. Except yeah. for it does get kind of complicated with the time travel, especially in Genesis. Yeah. Which we'll talk about later, but yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And the third and the fourth get more and more complicated because the movies start to contradict what you've learned about the world because the world has changed. And I think that that was a disconnect for a lot of people is that like if you haven't seen Terminator in 10 years and you go to see Terminator Salvation, you're like, wait, I thought the future was going to be this way because you forget that they've changed the future because you haven't seen Terminator 3. So, yeah, it ran into problems. I mean, the franchise, I, I, I wouldn't be upset if they just stopped making Terminator movies. It's like, you know. If Genesis was the last one, I'd be fine with that. I feel like you're never going to recreate what you did with the first two, what James Cameron accomplished. Yeah. So let's just stop trying. Yeah. I will still, yeah. I mean, I will very happily go and see Terminator 6 if it if it happens, especially if James Cameron is involved. Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll go see that with you. T- let's do it. Let's awesome. Do it. Yeah. Uh, and I would be, I would be very excited. And I, my expectations are low and I'll probably love it. But I mean, I'm not, if I want to, if I want to experience Terminator the way that, like in my heart, it is real. I will go watch the first you know, two movies. I'll say a, same, a thing I've said on other podcasts before, and that is James Cameron. If you're listening, <laughs> I haven't said this, but uh, the end part I will have said. Um, go ahead, make Terminator Six, but please uh, stick to a small budget. <laughs> do do like the the budget of Terminator One. Wow, uh, adjusted for twenty whatever. And um, that's a great and idea. And that's and that's how you make your movie. And so you're yeah. you're stuck with like you're gonna you know it's gonna be a little a little more gritty. I love that. Do it on film too. What that would recreate <laughs> in, is this feeling in Terminator One that there's so much happening right beyond what you can see. When Kyle Reese explains to Sarah Connor where he came from, it's kind of the end of this sort of like quote unquote silent movie section where the dialogue is not really driving yeah. uh, the story. It's the, it's the visuals that are driving the story. And then all of a sudden Kyle Reese explains what's happening. You're like, what? Yeah. That's insane. Like that's what's happening. Cause the I visuals mean, are more hinting at it than anything else. Totally. And the first, I mean, it's been, it was kind of spoiled for me. I knew what was going to happen, but the first time I watched it, I tried to approach it from the point of view of a first time viewer who didn't know anything. And I feel like, discovering that that's where you are in that story at that point is just brilliant. You know, like uh, the exposition waits until you're just like salivating for it. You're like, what the fuck is going on? Who is this guy? Is he a robot? What's happening? And then, and then you get it. And the the explanation is just so satisfying, but it also opens up all these other questions. And And that's just great writing. And you can't do that again. Yeah, (laughs) totally. They tried to recreate that in Terminator 2. With the whole like, who's pretend, the real like, Terminator? Who's the bad one? Yeah. yeah, which was cool, but I feel like Terminator Two just went in this different direction of like, can you, uh, like, can you change the future? You know, like if you know that this is what's going to happen, can you change it? Yeah, and that's a question that really can't be answered by anyone I know, and yeah. so it's like kind of a waste of a whole movie to spend answering that question. Oh, I totally disagree. Well, I, I, mean, always, I liked the movie. I'm just yeah. saying like the whole time travel thing in science fiction uh, yeah. is hard to really incorporate into whatever canon you're talking the about. The future is what you make it, Marty. Like the whole, yeah. like the Harry Kim, <laughs> I don't know, you know. Well, that's an alternate timeline thing, but like there's a different Harry Kim and like, right. the second part of Voyager. Spoiler. Uh, sorry. That it's, was. I know. It's old. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. wild about that because I felt like they, because when they, when that aired for the first time, they, UPN advertised like crazy. One of the main cast will die. And uh, then like, it totally happened. When he, was replaced, he was replaced by an alternate version. And like, that's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that threw me off for the rest of the series because I was like, this is not the Harry Kim that I started watching. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's kind of frustrating. I forgot about it like immediately. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's, it's all so I think scary. about. It's yeah. all I think about. Wow. Yeah. Like that character died. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Dead. And I don't oh. feel like the show paid respect to that. That's like the, true too. Yeah. Th- that that's why that show bothers me so, uh, sometimes. Mm. Is that I I watched every episode and there's a lot of it that I really love. But I was just thinking about this earlier today because I read an interview f- with Robert Beltran who played Chicote. Yeah. Or, uh, Commander Chipotle is as I like to call him. Oh. Uh, <laughs> which the first I heard that at like a red shirts party and I could never get out of my head after that. And I've just it's like an infection. That's too bad because oh. Chicote is such a like a dignified character. <laughs> and now all I can think about is steak. He's my favorite character. That tattoo on his face is so yeah. cool. Hakuchimoya. Like that's a good tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite character is the Doctor. That the Doctor is the saving sure. grace of Voyager. He makes it worth it to watch the whole show because he's so great. I like Janeway because she's so into coffee. Yeah, I actually really love Janeway. I think she's a great character. Yeah. She but, is like what got me into Star Trek. That's awesome. She's yeah. really great. But yeah, the show like sets up this great premise. You know, we're going to be stuck together. Star, the Starfleet regulations have to break down a little bit because yeah. we have to integrate with the Maquis. And then they never do anything about it. Like they they never, they just go back to business as usual right away and stay that way. Like I there's no there decay like over, over the years. there was a decent amount of tension like in the beginning with Seska and Yeah, Delana. I agree. They diffuse all the tension by season two and then it yeah. never comes back. Yeah, exactly. And that's crazy. Then it's just, oh, we're in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, the, the fact that they could kill a main character and bring him back it was someone from an alternate timeline and never really talk about it again. I, I feel like speaks to the lack of uh, the lack of realism in the characters themselves. And lizard sex. Don't get me started on lizard sex. <laughs> hey, I didn't think those were lizards, but salamanders. It was sex, though. Newts, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Paris as a newt fucked Captain Janeway as a newt. They made a new species out of it. Let's move on. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> about Terminator. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing about Voyager that confuses me is that... Um, she turned me into a newt. Is, I got better. <laughs> is that uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, is uh, focused around um, a thing called V'ger. V'ger. Yeah. Which yeah. is Voyager. Voyager probe. Spoilers. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, so now they, they make a Star Trek show called Voyager, and it's not about that at all. It's a little it's a little confusing. Well, I like that because the the ships are named Enterprise based off of like a, a naval ship, the Enterprise. They're, yeah, they're just and, reusing the name. Yeah, it's That's like fine. it's yeah. like yeah. the the name. It's, it's like an honorary name. And yeah. they're voyaging. Like the Rio yeah. Grande is, I think, a boat. I, that's a DS Nine shuttlecraft. But. So all the DS Nine shuttlecraft are named after rivers. Oh. Yeah, like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's the Rio sense. Grande. There's the, what, Yangtze? Is that right? There's a Yangtze, yeah. yeah. There is a Yangtze. Whoa, how did I never know that? I know <laughs> DS9 something. I knew that. What I think about I the had Defiance? to be told also. What's that named after? Uh, that's named that after like a the Spirit of Perseverance. <laughs> <laughs> That, mean, that means up. that means somebody's gonna gonna go against the rules at some man. Point. Have you ever felt a more Why personal relationship with a ship than you Defiant. have with the Defiant? Maybe like no. Millennium Falcon. <laughs> no, I feel, it I had feel a, like no. Defiant had a cloaking device, so ugh, it was like so good. Yeah, I I feel like ships that are a little smaller or Serenity actually. I feel very <laughs> very personally connected to Serenity. Serenity, uh, the and those other two ships, the yeah, Defiant Millennium and Millennium Falcon. Falcon and those Defiant. are the those are my yeah. favorite ships. I mean, my favorite ship ever has to be like the Enterprise D. But I mean, I like Voyager because of its bioneural circuitry. 
Like that ship's literally alive. I like they, the heart they, of gold. They barely touched on that. Also, the heart of gold from uh, yeah. from Fire Upon the Deep. No, uh, oh no, heart Starship Tiger's Guide. Yeah, yeah. Starship that's the infinite improbability. That's drive. the out out of out of bound out of bound or something. And Fire Upon the Deep. Yeah, yeah. Heart of Gold. Oh. Hitchhiker's Guide. I love that ship, too. Yeah. All oh, those ships are getting crossed in my brain. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what that ship is called. Mm. Well, anyway, I'm ships. excited to watch Terminator 5 again, because I barely remember it. I'm really excited about the trial. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what a good Terminator 6 would be is um, j- just from the point of view of the Terminators. Yeah. I keep going back in no time. No human characters. And everyone though. keeps killing me. <laughs> what if there what if there's like terminators who don't want to kill humans and they try to emigrate back to the past and like help with the humans yes. to to stop how about how about the this? war how but about- then like humans don't trust them and they get into fights with each other <laughs> oh, and it's about like learning to trust yeah i'd watch okay that. yeah that's cool how about terminators have to go um really really far back in time to caveman times. And yeah, they have to go to. So we're just gonna kill humans off starting hundred thousand years ago. Yeah, and then humans have to go back, and then um, it's a comedy. Well, if they do that, then 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 <laughs> that Skynet in is never created. I believe that did. Animorphs yeah. was awesome. Yes, I love. I only read the first half. Well, I read no, it twice. It was they great. have to go back. The Horkbajir Chronicles was fucking awesome. Yeah, so was the Andalite Chronicles. Oh yeah, the Andalite Chronicles. That was amazing. <laughs> they. Like, <laughs> I want to talk about Terminator. <laughs> they they go back in time and they had to, they just have to change like a thing that will change like a little thing later on. You're talking about to caveman times? Yeah. They like to, they have to change one cave drawing to well, be yeah, a slightly different like the, cave drawing. I feel like the 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 possibility of Skynet never being created if you go back that far is too strong for them to do it. Okay. Because like Skynet being created is has to happen and it's yeah. done by humans. So they yeah. kind of have to not meddle with humans. Until, they can only go oh, back so yeah, far. Yeah. Because yes. they Which, can't go back and you know, yeah. meddle with like Galileo or something. Which is why I feel like the original plan is actually pretty sound because. Yeah. Uh, like just Sarah, the resistance to their dominance. Okay. Yeah. yeah just Sarah sense. Connor. Like if they just kill all the Sarah Connors in the phone book. Yeah. Probably won't stop them from being created. I get it. That makes sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. All right. Whole whole series makes sense. Figure it out. Yeah, there's no contradictions. (laughs) There's no paradoxes at all. The time travel works. Yeah, I mean, as well as these things can. It works well enough for me, and that's all I care about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, coming up, we're going to watch Terminator Genesis, and we'll put it on trial. Crossover episode. This is our first real crossover event. Between my two podcasts. Does it really count as a crossover if it's your own podcast? Fuck yeah, it does. (laughs) Absolutely, it does. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to do a Johnny Unicorn Zor's Najora crossover. You should. Album? Sure, yeah. I'll have Johnny Unicorn guest on an album. I think that would be great. Uh, Well, thank you guys so much. And yeah. this was also just really fun to have like a movie watching project with a couple of friends. I really Yeah, we should do. What should we do next? Let's do it again. What should we do next? Hmm. What is there? Oh, well, see, this is like when I remember movie stores. No, (laughs) remember the video alive for me. Remember video rental places. (gasps) Oh, remember when you're like, I want to see this movie. And then you step inside the video store and you immediately forget. (laughs) That's what it's like. I haven't seen all the aliens. I was just going to say we should do the predator movies. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah. John's favorite movie. Okay. 
Well, I've been wanting to watch RoboCop also. So I, I would do either of those. I would. Uh, uh, I really want to talk to you about RoboCop. Yeah, um, I love the first RoboCop. Yeah, uh, I the other two that don't even need to exist. I haven't although seen although I enjoy two. RoboCop I've seen, three. Uh, Pre- the first Predator movie, and I saw Predators with Adrian Brody, but uh, I didn't see this. The other other two other Predator movies. I haven't seen either of the first two Ghostbusters. Oh. Ooh, those are great. Oh my God, those are so good. I would love to do that too. And I saw the most recent Ghostbusters. So. I haven't seen that one. <gasps> we should do a podcast about all the Ghostbusters movies. Okay. These are great all ideas, right. guys. Deal. Yeah. These are great ideas. All right. Oh uh, man, so Ghostbusters 1, the finest film ever made. <laughs> yeah. We got a hard, a hard choice ahead but of us. Looking through next. 2017 eyes is, doesn't look, isn't looking so hot. <laughs> so what do we call this segment? Franchises with John, Jesse, and Naomi. <laughs> great. <laughs> Franchises. Uh, Franchises. There you go. There's your podcast. There this is. is a separate podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having or us, not. Jesse. It was yeah. awesome. Thank you, guys. All right, my friends, we've reached the end of yet another amazing discussion. Thanks for sticking with us. This is a long one, but I loved it. It was, it was, it was great. Might as well be long if it's great. That's what, that's what she said. I'm sorry. I need to have caffeine or something uh so i may not be here next week i may be out of town in which case there will be no show uh my health permitting i will be going to tahoe with andy and her family which would be great i'm just sitting around here doing very little i might as well sit around in tahoe and do very little that would be a wonderful change of pace i'm going to attempt to finish sci-fi on trial before i leave but it's uh very unlikely that that's going to happen. So Sci-Fi on Trial will be out within the next couple of weeks. It's all recorded, but uh, man, those things are tough to edit. So we'll see how I get along with that. Uh, And then after that, this show will be back. We'll be doing an episode about Babylon 5 with Douglas Gale. He actually came by last night and we chatted about first season of Babylon 5 for quite a while. And it was great. It was an awesome discussion. So that's going to be the next episode of this show after the Sci-Fi on Trial for Terminator Genesis. So make sure you're subscribed to that show to see that pop up in your feed. Uh, you can find it at scifiontrial.com. Speaking of websites, I have one. It's jessemercury.com. You can find all my sci-fi synth pop music that I'm oh so proud of, as well as some music videos and other exciting shit. If you love the show and you want more, check out my premium Sci-Fi Project podcast. It's a companion to this show and to the rest of the Sci-Fi Project of all of my fun Sci-Fi stuff that I'm creating. So that show, it's a dollar per episode at jessemercury.bandcamp.com or you can subscribe for two bucks a month for all the episodes at patreon.com slash sci-fi project. Your support is greatly appreciated. So there may be, there may be a little break before I see you again, but I will see you again very soon. Uh, And I can't wait. Stay nerdy out there.